Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, November 12th, we look at Lesson 7, Christ's Victory Over Death. Together, let's find hope in the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. Our Michael at Lesson 7, this lesson is going by so quickly, right? It is. This quarter, I should say. Hard and, to believe. Uh, yes. So this is uh, Christ's victory over death. And our memory text comes from the NCV, Revelation 1, 17 and 18. It says, when I saw him, I fell down at his feet like a dead man. He put his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the one who lives. I was dead, but look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys to, keys to death and to the place of the dead. Mm. And I love that. I love that how going through this lesson and and talking about uh, death and the afterlife and everything else at the very center of it is we're talking about Jesus. Yes, we are. His victory. Yep. Uh, so, Michael, let's get straight into it. What about a sealed tomb for Sunday's lesson? Absolutely. I mean, and, and part of this, I think, that is important to remember is uh the the whole resurrection of Jesus without the resurrection what are we what are we about what are we here for right we we right. don't really have any reason to exist and and oftentimes a common question that people have is is well how do we know that the resurrection actually happened right i mean you and i buster we're not there 2000 years ago no so how could how could we um and i i do think there actually is some credible evidence to that suggests um that the resurrection of jesus was was legit shall we say right, right. and and part of it is all of the evidence uh, that points to the sealed tomb itself and and the process that that went through to make sure that there was some integrity. The Romans had every reason to make sure that the body of, from their viewpoint, an insurrectionist mm. um, was that that it, the people would not rally behind this person's death. And so to make sure that that body was secure, you have all of these evidences um, that would, uh, and, and that's what the passage talks about, Matthew 27. It, it asks, what is the evidence in verses 62 to verse 66? And in fact, the chief priests and the Pharisees, right? They go to Pilate and, um, and, and they said, well, we remember that the deceiver, right? The deceiver, the deceiver. after three days, I will rise again. So they have this uh, very keenly in their minds. They want to make sure the resurrection, there's no possibility of it happening. We will stop and, this. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm referencing the NIV. It's just what I happen to, to be using at the moment. Uh, in verse 64, it says uh, to make sure that the tomb was made secure until the third day. So they're pulling out all the stops to make sure that this doesn't happen. Uh, they don't want the disciples to steal the body and claim that he's really still alive or that somehow he did not really die. 
Um, and, and then verse 65, key passage here, take a guard, Pilate answered, go mm. make the tomb as secure as you know how. And in fact, they go ahead and seal it and post a guard. And that's not one single guard. That's a, that's a group of guards. So that's, a, I don't know if it's a battalion or whatever, but there's a significant military presence right in front of the tomb. So it's sealed, guarded, um, as secure as you know how. And 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 historically and psychologically, it just only makes sense that they wanted to make sure and do everything that they could to make sure that there was no resurrection, no no chances. They're not taking any chances. Um, and and so uh, if 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 there's any credence to the whole historicity of the first century and, and of there being an actual Jesus, the, then this kind of goes with it and makes sense in terms of the story logically that that they're doing everything they can to make sure um, that the that Jesus is not resurrected. Yes. And, and this sealing process is a big part of that. So when when there is kind of that next part of the story, the rest of the story, shall we say, um, <laughs> that that um, this is the benchmark from which everything else happens. So uh, which takes us naturally to Monday's lesson, Buster. Yeah. So he is risen. And Michael, part of what you were sharing, uh, we, we see that not only did they not want him to raise from the dead, but uh, because they had they had witnessed Lazarus raising from the dead. Um, and John 11, we see very clearly. And once again, in chapter 12, we see that they wanted to kill Jesus because of Lazarus rising. And then they also want to kill Lazarus because many people believed in Christ because he had, uh, he had risen from the dead. And so he was a walking, living testimony of the power of Christ. And so they said, you know, what? if he had this power, could there be a possibility that he could rise again? And so the, uh, the quarterly brings up this question, who was directly involved in the resurrection of Jesus? <clears throat> and I'm not going to read all of these, but John chapter 10, verse 17 and 18. Therefore, my father loves me and I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one yeah. takes it from me. I lay it down myself. I have the power to lay it down. I have the power to take it again. This command I have received from my father. And so we see also in Romans 8, 11, the Holy Spirit's involved. The father's involved by direct command saying you have permission to take up your life and to put it down. Uh, but we also see here there's Roman soldiers that are witnessing the resurrection, right? Uh, so it says here uh, at the end of the lesson, an angel from heaven came down, was coming down, the men fainting from fear, the tomb being empty would have been disconcerting enough for the religious leaders, but they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers, right? So these soldiers mm -hmm. witnessed Christ rising from the dead and they bribed them and they accepted the bribe to not go and tell, but they witnessed themselves the power and the glory of Christ rising from the dead uh mm. and so it's it's amazing to to recognize this and not only do we have true account of this michael uh mm -hmm. but we also have the power that christ or that god had over death all the way from the old testament that's where we were a couple of weeks ago to the yeah. new testament uh of seeing people that have been risen from the dead all the way till now right the culmination and also hope for the future of christ raising people from the dead uh, and so it's a beautiful thing. It's a powerful thing of recognizing that the same power, creative power that God had in the beginning is the same power that was used for resurrection. Uh, yeah. Mark Finley is the one who shared that with our preaching class. He's like, when you preach, just remember 
the same power, the creative power and energy that God had when he preached is the same power he gives you that rose Christ from the dead. He says, so you better preach with power. <laughs> Hopefully we recognize that. We celebrate it. I think sometimes we take it for granted, but let's not take it for granted. Let's move forward, which brings us to Michael. What Not only is it so powerful that he rose, but it says many arose with them to say his lesson. Yeah. So this is something that is really, to me, seems uh, incredible, uh, almost incredulous, right? So yeah, very, very much so. Jesus and his death and, and his resurrection, but his resurrection mm-hmm. was so amazing. I mean, it right. is in so many levels, our salvation and, and just the miracle of coming back to life. But um, it seems that, you know, we serve a God who in a contagious way just wants to bestow life, wants the power of resurrection. Death just recedes in the presence of Jesus. Right. And right. part of what we have described for us in Matthew 27, mm-hmm. uh, verses 51 to 53, which is the passage discussed in Tuesday, talks about this great earthquake. And then the key part here is many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep, right? Many and died, were raised and coming out of the graves after his resurrection. They went into the Holy, Spirit, Holy City and appeared to many. So it doesn't say who. No. No who. But that had to have been absolutely um, disconcerting for the priests (laughs) trying to keep not only Jesus from being resurrected, but then suddenly seeing, Oh, Hey, I, I, wait a minute. Who's that person? I I remember that person or, or maybe it's someone else that had, had lived long ago. I don't know. And saying, Hey, I'm, I'm the prophet Jeremiah. I don't know, know, but whatever it is, suddenly have all these people that are a witness um, to the power of the resurrection. And and it's just good news. The plan of salvation had been now secured. And so, again, we don't know who specifically doesn't tell us, but we do know that there were some. Um, And and we can think of, you know, a a few, a handful of people, right? We know like Elijah and so on that were were with Jesus on the Mount. We've talked about some of those things before. And yes. um, uh, So, so yeah. So there's been a, a handful of people, um, that have been uh, transfigured or, or Moses, who we know was also had to have been resurrected. But but we presumably it's it's only a very small or Enoch, right? Small, right. select few. But here we have um, um, uh, many bodies of the saints. So many uh, what that how many that is, again, it doesn't tell us. But um, clearly there was not just Jesus being resurrected, but many more who, as the lesson says, arose with him. And so if you weren't aware that something something of cosmic significance, of salvific significance, something of eternal consequence was taking place in Jerusalem about 2,000 years ago, <laughs> this had to have been the ultimate tip-off to say uh, something very unusual is happening right here, right now. And that leads us to the question of, of what does it need, need, mean to be a witness or these witnesses of, of the risen Christ? Right. Uh, so the Apostle Paul, as well as the disciples in John 20, these are people that saw Christ after he had risen. And Paul writes it down very clearly. Uh, I'm going to go there. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, verses uh, 5 through 8. It says, and he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve, and after that he was seen by 
uh, over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but of some have fallen asleep. But after that, Jesus was seen by James and then by all the apostles. Uh, the last of all, he was seen by me also as one born out of due time. Right. So he's saying these are all eyewitnesses of the power of the resurrection of Christ, but not just witnesses, but those who have interacted with him. And I, and I truly believe Paul is talking about there about his his road to Damascus. Right. He's like, I know Christ. Uh, so it. And, and there's arguments about that, whether he actually at one point in time actually saw Christ. Right. But I believe it was, he was talking about the road to Damascus there. And then uh, John chapter 20, 11 through 29, uh, it's talking about Thomas, uh, especially speaking up and saying, unless I see the hands, I uh, see his hands and the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And it says, verse 27, do not be unbelieving, but believing. And then Thomas confesses, my Lord and my God, in verse 29, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. You know, how beautiful is that, that Michael, we get a chance to be eyewitnesses without mm -hmm. being eyewitnesses of having faith of saying, I believe Christ rose from the dead. And I believe he is at the right hand of God. I believe he is in the heavenly sanctuary interceding yeah. on our behalf. And not just, uh, I think sometimes we get afraid of that word, right? Like, oh, he's, he's pleading for God, the father, not to kill me. No, he's interceding for us to be filled with power and to win more of his children back to him. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's a, he is, he wants us to be co-heirs in doing God's uh, bidding. And so hopefully we are part of that group that are blessed that have not seen yet believe. And there's more ways to see than to see, right? I've seen the working hand of Christ in my life. Uh, and Michael, I recognize that you have seen the working power of Christ in your life uh, here with just yeah. a few things that have been working uh, currently and mm -hmm. giving God acknowledgement of saying, thank you for still moving. Thank you mm -hmm. for still utilizing that resurrection power in our lives today. Mm -hmm. So Michael, tell us about the first fruits of those who have died. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and, and, and by the way, I, I just was thinking a little bit about what you're talking about witnesses, yeah. you know, um, one time I was in a car accident, it wasn't major, mm. but enough that someone hit me and took off the back bumper of my car. Oh no. Turned a little too soon and just took out the back end of my car. And I'll never forget a lady was at the intersection. She stopped. She gave me a piece of paper with her name and phone number. She said, I saw what he did. I can't stay. I have to go to work, but here's my name and phone number. And I will be a witness for you. Oh, wow. That's huge. So police came. And I gave the name and number to the police officer and he lost it. Oh no. I had a lost witness. <laughs> Fuster. Can, can you imagine a lost witness? Oh no. I actually published a, a, a thing in the newspaper, missing witness. If you saw this accident on such and such a day, I, I'm looking for you. <laughs> My lost witness. Did she, did she answer? No, she no. didn't. But the long story short is we eventually were able to track down the missing witness. Oh, okay, good. And because the guy was like, oh, I, I didn't. 
I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't, I didn't hit you. You know, it was starting. It was lying. It was lying. Oh, I mean, how gotcha. do you take off the back end of my car, my rear bumper, with the front end of you know, I, you know? And he was even trying to say that I hit him. How, how do I take off the back end of my bumper uh, with the front end of your car? How, how do you do that? <laughs> just, it logically doesn't make sense. But but the problem was I didn't have a witness. I had nobody to verify my story. Right. Uh, anyways, when I eventually found this, tracked down this lost witness, um, insurance eventually paid everything because the other guy hit me. It was all yeah. his fault. And, um, you know, it, a witness makes all the difference. Yes. No, a it really, really does. Makes all the difference. Now, that was in a car accident. But how much more was Jesus? You know, right we see God's power in our lives and in the lives Ooh. of others. You, you know, Michael, I, I want to pause there just for a second, because yeah. we really are the witnesses that keep on witnessing yeah. and telling people, this is how I know that God is real. This is how I know he is moving in your life right now, even though you're mm -hmm. not acknowledging it. But how many lost witnesses does God have? I don't right? know. And he's yeah. looking for us and yeah. uh, the Holy Spirit's tracking us down, but it's up to us because that lady, she could have said, yeah, I saw it, but I'm not willing to witness on your behalf. Yeah. Right. And think, there's yeah. a lot of people who are saying, I believe in God, but I'm not willing to witness on his behalf. Have mercy. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully we're willing, able and saying, Lord, here we are. I will tell the world of your goodness, of your favor, of your greatness. First fruits, right? Yes. Gotta love, gotta love the fruit. First Corinthians 15, 20, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. So the fact that Jesus died for us and mm. lives is the reason any and all of us live at all. Amen. And so, uh, yeah, so there were others that were resurrected as we talked about, but it's, it's really, it's, it's about Jesus. It's, he is that first fruit. He is the, he is life eternal, and he, as the Son of God, um, as that sacrifice, um, is the promise of hope and a future. And um, there's a reference to Deuteronomy 26, you know. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it talks about the agricultural season, first fruits. You know, if anyone does agriculture, which is less and less these days, it seems. But, you know, you have your first part of your crop, and those are the first fruits, and in ancient Israel, they'd give an offering as the first fruits too, right? So, right, um, and and also them going into the promised land, right? This, this even though they weren't the ones that actually started out from Egypt, uh, it'd been many generations. Yet they were the first fruits of those who inherited the promise. And so, this idea is an ancient one. It goes into the whole culture and just the ethos and everything that of the Middle East. Uh, that ancient Near Eastern culture and, and context. And so, yeah, so this this is um, a reminder of the power of resurrection because we know Jesus lives. We right. know that Buster, whatever may happen to you or me or people that we care about deeply or those who are listening, uh, you know, uh, whatever, whatever may happen, we have assurance of, of the promise of hope of resurrection through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Yeah, Michael, I don't know what else to put on to that. <laughs> uh, that's what that's what this whole quarter has taught us, which is there is hope in death. Mm. There is power in death, right? There's life in death, which is, mm -hmm. but it's has one connecting factor and that is Jesus Christ. Mm. And, and the power of the resurrection, you know, I can't prove it. Although I think there's good logical evidence, the seal of the tomb, all of those things that we've talked about. 
the true power of the resurrection is when we put God to the test. Amen. And I see how God has worked and continues to work in each of our lives. Amen. Wonderful, Michael. Thank you so much. And hopefully our, our audience, um, this is not just another study, but this is another chance to exercise your faith and to be that witness. Yes. An invitation to be that witness that God has called you to be. Yeah. Well, uh, with that, I think we'll, without any further ado, that puts a wrap for this week. And, uh, you know, I'd encourage our listeners to keep listening, keep studying your Bible, the Sabbath school lesson. And uh, so this is Sue. And Swoops signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahoo.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.